Okay, Booker Tov. Today's daf is Baba Kama Kuf Tetvav. 115, we pick up on Kuf Yudal Ramadbet on the Mishnah, about 15 lines from the bottom. I'm recording this in the home of my sister and brother-in-law, um, the Shiva home for their uh, son, Maoz Morel, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, who uh, died from his wounds defending Am Yisrael in Gaza uh, last week. And our learning should be Li'iloi Nishmato. Okay, we start with, we, we, we begin with the Mishnah. Hamakir Kalev is far of If somebody recognizes, you know, uh, 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 his vessels, meaning any objects from his home or his books, and books at that time, of course, were scrolls and very expensive, and he sees somebody else is walking around with his iPhone and with his uh, uh, Torah scroll or whatever it would be. Um, the, and, and it was uh, known or there was a report in, this, in the town that he had been burglared. Um, so you shove a little So because we presume, and the Gemara is going to discuss this, that that report is accurate, then therefore, you know, this, uh, the, uh, the, per- the, the person whose hands they're in, nobody is claiming that he's the burglar, um, but uh, this person says, I just bought it from a guy who said it was his. I had a right to assume. I bought it from Ruvain. Ruvain said it was his. You don't, you know, you don't need a, a, a document to prove before you buy something from somebody. But uh, now it seems that Ruvain was a burglar. So because we presume that the report is accurate, that it, what he that he had been burglared, um, he can uh, the uh, he has a right to take back his object. Um, and the assumption here is, is that it's before Yeush. So it's his object. It's before Yeush. So the person who from whom it was stolen has a right to take it back. Um, now, technically speaking, the one who purchased it doesn't have a right to demand his money. Uh, he has a, a stolen item in his possession. Why does the Ruvain have to pay him for that? It's Ruvain's stolen item. Uh, but what we're going to see is because of the Kanata Shuk, because of a special uh, law that was passed, a policy that was passed, you know, in order to um, uh, to make it possible for people to buy things in the marketplace, um, what that they said was, if it ever turns out that the thing you bought was stolen, um, then you have a right to uh, get reimbursed from the original owner. Uh, so, because if, obviously, if you didn't do that, then everybody would have to, like, be very, extremely hesitant to buy things. Somebody's gonna come and say it was theirs, and, uh, they're gonna take it away from me, and then I'm gonna have to, what, run after the Ghanav? So, um, you know, the person who sold it to me? So, because of the way this would create a real constraint on commerce, they said, you can feel protected when you buy things that even if it turns out that they had been stolen, uh, you will be able to get your money back from the original owner. So that is a Takana Sashuk. Now we'll see in the Gemara, of course, if you had, if we, you know, very good reason to suspect they were stolen, uh, that Takana would apply, wouldn't apply from, to you. But otherwise, we need to have a Takana like this if you are g- genuinely innocent. Um, now, how do we know how much you're entitled to be reimbursed? You know, who knows where Reuven is? Reuven's absconded. So you, you have to swear how much you paid for it, and then Reuven will, uh, excuse me, Reuven is the owner in, the, in my scenario. Anyway, the person who stole it has absconded, but um, you can swear and, and the original owner will pay you back. Yushavala Lokeh Kamanasan, so the uh, person who purchased it 
swears how much he paid, Vito, and he can be reimbursed from the owner. So, and then the owner, so at least the owner gets his object back. All right, he really wants his iPhone. So, okay, he has to pay for it, but at least he gets it back. And if he now wants his $1,000 that he had to pay, you know, maybe 500 because the guy sold it to him used, um, then he still has to go ahead and find the Ganov, and now he can get reimbursed for the $500 from the Ganov. Vim Lav, but if there was not a report that a burglary had happened, Lav Kohimenu, then the, then, you know, Reuven, the owner of the iPhone, is not believed to say, oh, you, you know, that it was stolen from me and you must have bought it from somebody. Why? Because I would say that Reuven went ahead and Reuven, you know, uh, sold his, uh, sold his uh, iPhone to Levy. And uh, then Levy sold it to, you know, Yehuda. And now Reuven has, has had regret and he wants his iPhone back. So before you can go ahead and start claiming that your objects are stolen and have a right to get it back if you pay for it, there has to be something substantiating the fact that it genuinely was stolen. Okay, so there's like a, a couple of things going on here. On the one hand, the Takanas Hashuk is what makes it, protects people from buying things and they don't have to, um, assuming that they genuinely are innocent and didn't have a reason to suspect they were stolen, uh, protects those people and they don't have to be concerned that somebody's going to come along and say it's stolen goods and take it from me and I'm going to be out, which would really put a constraint on, you know, commerce. On the other hand, it should be pointed out that we're all actually also um, you know, uh, sort of being uh, uh, lenient towards Reuven, the owner, we're making him pay, but we're also believing his claim that they were stolen. And at least as far as the mission is concerned, okay, there was like a, a rumor or a report, you know, if, if he claimed it out of thin air, you wouldn't believe him uh, because, you know, you'll think he just got sold it and regrets, but with a substantiating, uh, you know, you know, report and rumor, that would be enough. And maybe those, and normally that's a little strange because wouldn't you need proof that it was stolen before he can go ahead and take it away from somebody else. But maybe those two things go together. Since the guy is going to get reimbursed, Levy, who bought it from Ruvain, is going to get reimbursed, therefore maybe we lower the threshold of what is required for us to presume that it was stolen. That is a way to understand the mission and why it's enough that there was a report that it was stolen. But the Gemara now is going to demand a lot more before Ruvain can retrieve his object. So let's take a look. Gemara. And so what if there's a report that this guy had been burglared? Um, maybe he, like the Mishnah said at the end, you know, Reuven sold it, had regret, is trying to get it back. And, says the Gemara, not only is a report not enough because it's not direct evidence and substantiated, you know, maybe he actually is generating this whole rumor. All right? So we, we really should suspect why is a rumor, you know, any type of evidence of anything. The same way he could be lying, he could just as easily be generating the rumor. Um, There is objective substantiating evidence. Now, this is obviously not in the Mishnah at all. But here's what he says. Um, people actually slept over in his house, and then he got up in the middle of the night, was screaming, he says, I've been robbed, I've been robbed. That's the source for the modern Hebrew word, hafkana, which is a protest. Okay. And he started screaming in the night. I've been, you know, they've been stolen from me. 
Okay, so therefore, it really does seem that they're substantiating evidence. So the Gemara says, Koshkein ilamatza. So the Gemara says, no, you know, this is e- even more reason to think that he's just spreading this, this, uh, this rumor, uh, that all of this could just be a way of, you know, he could be manufacturing. What, what actual evidence do you have? That people slept in his house at night? That's no real evidence of anything. And the fact that he yelled and screamed, so he could be manufacturing all of that. So Rav Kahana Messiah, but Mishmet Rav, so Rav Kahana ended the statement in the name of Rav that Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav. He added another aspect that even more substantiated it. No, no, actually, there was a, uh, a, a tunnel, obviously, in the context here, sitting in Israel. And with, as I said, you know, my death of my nephew the, killed in Gaza, the idea of tunnels here is obviously very evocative. Um, um, anyway, there was a tunnel that was dug under his house. So, obviously, to think that he dug this tunnel, you know, and the, these people that slept in his house at night were, were, were sneaking out through the tunnel. Uh, you could also imagine, let's say, you know, they, they were seen climbing over the back fence with, and so on. Okay, so there's evidence that they were running away and that they had done something nefarious. Um, and the people were seen leaving the house. And like, you know, big bundles of, uh, of uh, that stuffed with like objects were, were carried on their back. Okay, so like it, very much all the evidence wasn't something that he created. You actually saw the people and it all looked very much like they had just robbed his house. And everybody is saying, oh, this guy's stuff has been stolen. It's not just some people were saying it. It's like obvious to everyone. So there's much more substantiating evidence. So the Gemara says, So, okay, but how, so fine, they say that his objects from his home was stolen, but how do you know it means also books? And maybe it's, you know, because the Mishnah mentioned both, and maybe, so it's saying that the actual, you know, report wasn't that it contained both of them, and maybe also because books probably were extremely expensive, so maybe we shouldn't assume that. I mean, we should assume it that that was burglar, but it maybe in order to be, get that back, you need more evidence. Anyway, the Gemara says that wasn't directly part of the report. Uh, that was part of the poor people also saying, oh, we saw that they were st- that they had stolen books. Okay. Um, so now the Gemara continues. Maybe, you know, they had stolen small books or, 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 or uh, objects and he's claiming big ones. You know, maybe he had a, uh, um, you know, he had... Um, uh, what do you call it, an Android, and he's saying he has an iPhone? So how do you know exactly that he's telling the truth? Because remember, we're only asking the locaire to swear how much he paid for it. But how do we know that, you know, this guy, even if this, even if Reuven was burglared, how do we know that Levy has those burglared items? Maybe, you know, Reuven was burglared and now he wants to Gets, you know, and he sees something Levy has and he'll use the fact that he was burglar to get it. How do you match up the burglary with what Levy has? So, Amarib Yosibar, Hanina, Dekami Sefer, Plony, Plony. Because people actually saw, I don't know how at all people know this, but people actually saw, oh yeah, his, you know, uh, you know, uh, iPhone 5 was stolen. They say exactly what it is. Okay, or his, you know, this particular book. The Dilmahavi Atikavik Katarin Chadati. Maybe, you know, they were, it was an old version of it. And, um, you know, people saying, I don't know, it's an iPhone 10. I don't know what we're up to. You know, maybe they said his iPhone was stolen and, and, and it was an iPhone 5. And now he's saying it was an iPhone 10. Again, how do you exactly match it up? 
Okay, that they directly testify and they say that stuff that Reuven is holding on to, we know that that, that Levi is holding on to, we know it used to belong to Reuven. So basically, you know, this is so much more than the Mishnah demands. Um, and But the Mishnah is saying, you know, trying to protect the purchaser. And even if he'll get his money, you know, it's a burden for him to have to give his thing and to get back the money money and, and for him to give the thing that he purchased, you know, even if he's going to be reimbursed. And um, and it's not willing to accept the claim of the original owner unless it's very much substantiated. So there has to be some real objective evidence that he did not, manu- it would be extremely hard to imagine that he manufactured, you know, some objective evidence that he was robbed or burglared. And there's also some objective evidence that these were originally his. And therefore you can like connect the dots and assume that this was actually the objects that were stolen. So much more than is required in the Mishnah. Um, now, if you take a look, Tosfos, because he's a little bothered, because that all, you know, that sort of seems like they're exactly, you know, that sort of seems like it's direct evidence. Like it's, 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 it's no, you know, at, le- at least in the Mishnah, it seems like there was something that wasn't totally proven. So if you look at Tosfos, he says, so he says it's not that they say, oh, what Levy is holding on to is we know it used to belong to Ruvain. No, it's that when they actually said, we saw in the Ghana's bags, you know, we saw an iPhone 10, a silver iPhone 10. Okay, and now Levy has a silver iPhone 10. So there's still some jump that we are making, okay, but a very, very tiny one as opposed to what's implied in the Mishnah. Okay, but anyway, we're dealing with a Takanas Hashuk, that when there is a good reason to assume that this was a stolen object, that now that Ruvain is claiming it, um, and Levy did not, uh, as we'll see later, I'm just introducing this now, but Levy, you know, was was you know did not have a reason to suspect that it was stolen, but we now are looking at it and do believe that it originally belonged to Ruvain and it was stolen from Ruvain. Then Ruvain has a right to get it back because it's his object before Yehush, but because of Takanas Hashuk, he has to reimburse Levi. Okay, Noir has one more question about this. Um, I'm a, so where we up? Okay, Umi Rav Now, did Rav really say that this whole? Because Rav described the scenario that they dug a tunnel. Um, to leave the house. But Vahama Rav, didn't Rav say in Sanhedrin, So Rav said that a case, you know, the classic case in the Torah of somebody digging a tunnel, the halacha is, is that, um, is that your, your, the Balabais is allowed to kill him because it's assumed that he's coming to, uh, that he'd be prepared to murder the Balabais if the owner want, was going to stand up and try to defend, you know, his vessels. Um, and, um, and so, but if he went ahead and he did steal it, and, uh, and, you know, the owner did not uh, defend, you know, stand up and defend him and did not lead to his being killed, um, and he went ahead and he took vessels and he left the house, because he was subjecting himself to being killed, Rav uses the principle of king even though this is not a court punishment of a capital crime, you know, it's a right of self-defense. But nevertheless, Rav says, since he was subjecting himself to being killed, then we say, and he actually um, now owns the objects that he took. 
Um, so that would make Haninu. So it's a very strange idea, but it's not our topic right now. Anyway, so 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 why here? Do, you know, does the guy have to give it back? Does Levi have to give it back? Right? Uh, if Shimon here is the Ganev and the Shimon owned it because he he was Babi Machteret, so then Levi shouldn't have to give it back. So Gemara says the Kananu Bevabi Machteres. That's when he came in through a tunnel. To make Karmaster Nafshelikhtala. Originally he was subjecting himself to be to be you know to be killed. Somebody who tunnels in is assumed ready to kill the Balabayas if and the Balabayas therefore has a right to defend himself and therefore he's exposing himself to being killed. Aval honey, but these people, remember, they only slept in the house and they tunneled out. Keeping the Lomasunachalikhtal, they never sort of tunneled in and were exposing themselves to, you know, to being killed. So lo, that would not apply. Okay. So that's point number one. Really, really raising the bar in terms of the evidence needed to indicate that it was stolen. Amarava said Rava, Lo Shanoila Balabayas, Haasulim Kurkelov. Avalbalas Baz to Eno Asulim Kurkelov. So he said, you know, all of these new demands we added to the Mishnah is only if Reuven is known to sell things, you know, he's got a, a, a store on eBay and he sells used items or whatever out of the back of his house, not eBay. Okay, fine. Anyway, he's known to sell things. That's when you need all this evidence to show that it really was, um, uh, that, to make us really believe that it was burglared. But if this is a guy that normally doesn't sell his household items, then you don't need all of this stuff. Now, what does it mean you don't need all of this stuff? So Rashi says you don't need the last point to say, oh yes, we know exactly which item was stolen. But the Gruz says, if you look at the Rambam, it's like, it, it seems like you don't need any of this stuff. And we can go back to the simple sense of the Mishnah. Okay? So now that's a little bit restores the balance. We added these crazy demands that weren't in the Mishnah. And now we're saying, you know what? All those demands might be only in somebody who normally sells his objects. Then we really don't believe it. But if somebody normally does not sell the household objects, then a much lower threshold to assume that they were burglared. Okay, now the Gemara says even though he normally doesn't sell, but sometimes people, you know, need money and they do wind up selling things. Okay, that's why we don't believe him without any sort of, you know, evidence or without any, any indicators. We need there to be a rumor that there was a, that, that he was burglared, but, or a report, but that suffices. We don't need all the other criteria. It's true. You know, it is possible he sold it, but unlikely. So as soon as there's a report, that counterbalances it. That's enough for him to retrieve it, um, um, provided that he reimburses. Itmar, now, new topic, I mean, related topic, but new topic, three lines from the top. Let's say it was like the case in the Mishnah, except the difference is that not that Shimon stole from Ruvain, sold to Levi, and then Shimon now actually has been caught. All right. In the in the Mishnah, the idea is who the heck knows where Shimon is? Who even knows necessarily the identity of Shimon? Okay, and it's only between Reuven and Levi, and that's why Levi can get his money back, and Reuven gets his object back, and if Reuven ever finds Shimon, he can get reimbursed. But let's say we actually have Reuven and Shimon and Levi all in front of us. All right. Who does Reuven still have a right to get his object back from um, from Shimon from Shimon who was not the Ganev? So let's take a look. Rav Nishmei Rebbe Chia, Amar Rav, the name of Rebbe Chia says Hadini Merudishon. 
Um, Ruvain has to go to the first person, meaning he has to go to Shimon, the first one who, who had his object. Shimon was the Ganev, so he, you know, and therefore, if he can go directly to the Ganev, even though his object is still in the hand of Shimon, he has to deal with the Ganev and get reimbursed from the Ganev, okay. um, which to some degree makes sense. The Ganev is the one that did him a wrong. And, you know, the fact that he happens to know where the object is, the Ganev is the one that he is suing and he's getting reimbursed from. Okay. No, he does it with the second guy, with with uh, um, Levi, and presumably because he, Levi has his object, you know, so he gets his object back from back from Levi, and then you know maybe he reimburses Levi, and then he goes after the Ghana after, but he has a right to go to Levi and to get his object back from Levi, right? And it seems like these are mutually exclusive positions. Let's take a look now how the Gemara unpacks it. Amar um, of Yosef, low pligi, they really don't debate. It depends whether there was Yeyush, you know, before it got into the hand of Levi. If there was um, no Yeyush, um, then he goes to, uh, then it's his object, and he goes and he retrieves his object from, you know, from Levi. Um, and, that, you know, he has a right to get his object back, and then maybe he pays him for it, and then he gets reimbursed from the Ghana, but it starts by getting his object back, because it's his object, and it's before Yeyush. Um, but if it was after Yehush and then got into the hand of Levi, so Levi owns it now, and therefore his din is, on, his, you know, he deals only with the Ganev. All right, that all seems very straightforward. But now the Gemara introduces another factor that's relevant here. The Travayu Isluhud Rav Chizda. They both hold of Rav Chizda. If you remember, Rav Chizda, the beginning of this parak, said that if somebody stole and, you know, uh, let's use the same people, Shimon stole and Levi came, you know, Ba'achir Achalo, and Levi came and ate it. So Ratzamizegova, Ratzamizegova. Ruvain can collect either from uh, from Shimon or Levi. What does that mean? Meaning, and why is that relevant? It's relevant because the question is, once the object is stolen, what degree of liability, you know, it's out of Ruvain's control, what degree of liability does Levy have um, you, um, um, to, you know, to, if he damages it, maybe. It's true, it still is Ruvain's object, but Ruvain's object, very much out of Ruvain's control. Who knows if it's ever going back to Ruvain? So maybe Levy has no liability towards, toward, you know, towards roommate, toward, towards Ruvain. Comes Rav Chizden and, and teaches, no, if it's before Yeush, Levy still has liability, and since he ate it, um, therefore, um, uh, Ruvain can go ahead and sue Levy as well. In our, what that means is, the Gemara says, that is needed in our case, that principle of Rav Chista, that Levi still has liability. It's still to some degree recognizing it as Reuven's object in order for Reuven to go and retrieve it from Levi. If we didn't hold Rav Chista, the Gemara makes it sound, then the, the, even before Yehosh, there'd be no way you could retrieve it from Levi, which is funny. It still is his object. It's one thing if he damaged it, if Levi damaged it, maybe, you know, you can't sue Levi. But right now, your object is in Levi's hands. But what the Gemara is saying is, look, there's a Ganev here. Go to the Ganev, especially if the Ganev is around. You cannot bring Levi into this. And even though he does have your object, right, um, once it is, you know, if you didn't hold a Rav Chizda, you would say that that, you know, your rights to it are much more weakened. But since Rav Chizda says that at least before Yeush, you do have a right to sue Levi, that's why in this case, 
if it's before Yeish, you can retrieve your object from Levi. Okay, so what this is saying is, is that if if, if both Shimon and Levi are present, the Ganav and the purchaser, um, then as long if it's before Yeish, you can you get it back from you get your object back. You can start you you can start with you know with Levi um, because we hold like Rav Chizda that there that that the second party is still on the hook before Yeish. Um, but if it's after Yeish, then all right, Levi already owns it, and you have to go to Shimon. All right, I'm Aliyah by. We just did that. Uh, one minute. Uh, are you telling me that they don't debate in the after, you know, you know, they're not really having some debate here? I'll show you a case of which is similar to the idea of no yeush, and there's a debate who you go ahead and have to deal with. So let's explain the case, and then I'll go back and unpack that phrase. We taught in the Mishnah. Okay, so you have to give, when you slaughter a cow, the Torah says, you know, or a sheep, whatever, you give hazrava You give the arm and the cheek and the keva, which is like a stomach. So somebody here to the Kohen, it's not, it doesn't have kedusha, but you have to give it to the Kohen. It's the Kohen's property once you give it to it. So somebody goes ahead and sells um, you know, the uh, 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 the intestines, uh, the inner organs of a cow, a slaughtered cow, you know, uh, so we will say that he will use the same parties. Shimon sells it to Levi. In this case, Reuven, Shim, I'm sorry, there's a Levi here, but whatever it's called. Anyway, Shimon sells it to Levi. Reuven is a Kohen. So Reuven is the party it's being stolen from, all right, because though, because because the keva, which was in those intestines, as we'll find out, you know, was all, was given from, from Shimon, to, was sold from Shimon to Levi. And it should have belonged, have been given to Reuven, who was the Kohen. So effectively, Shimon is stealing Reuven's matnas kehuna that are in these organs and selling it to Levi. That's the parallel the Gemara makes. Okay, Amalo Shapara. Okay, so Levi says to Shimon, "Sell me the intestines of this cow." How you been, matnas? And the keva was among the organs, and you know it wasn't obviously among them. Um, look, so. Um, uh, so then Levi has to give it to the Kohen, and he doesn't get any reimbursement from, um, from Shimon. Why? Because, um, because we can presume that, you know, he did not want to steal the, this Matnas Kahuna, and, uh, and therefore he was always, you know, he never really paid for the Keva, and therefore he has no right to get any money back. All right. He was always taking it with an understanding that if the Keva was there, it would go to the, uh, would go to Shimon. It would go to, it would go to Ruvain. However, if it was weighed, then, and he's paying for the weight, then clearly he is paying unwittingly for the keva. Okay, so he has given money for something, you know, to Levi has given money to Shimon for something that Shimon does not own. Um, okay, so then he is, so Levi, who has the stomach, has to go ahead and now give it to Ruvain, give it to the original owner, quote unquote, although it could have been any Kohen, which the is not getting into. Um, and now he ha- can go ahead and, um, and get reimbursed from uh from from Ruvain. Okay, so uh right. Oh, from excuse me, from Shimon. So Levi has to now give the stomach back to Ruvain. Ruvain is the Kohen and he purchased it and he paid money for it because it was weighed it was weighed and he paid money for it. So he per- so he purchased it 
unwittingly from um, from Shimon. So Levi gives it. So Levi goes ahead and gets his money back from Shimon. The Amar Rav and says Rav Lo will shakala atzmo. That's if um, that only applies if Levi did the weighing. But if the butcher did the weighing, hadin ima tabach. And in that case, um, case Reuven does not take his matnas kahuna from Levi. He goes and he takes his matnas kahuna and he gets paid for his matnas kahuna from Shimon. Let's assume the stomach is worth $10. So in that case, where Shimon did the weighing, Shimon is the ganev. So he goes, even though Levi is holding on to the stomach, Shimon has to pay Reuven the $10 and he does not get his stomach back from Levi. Okay, so the Gemara says, aha, here you see a case where you have all the parties, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. If Reuven, if Levi did the weighing, so Levi's an unwitting Ganev, fine. He gives it to, to, he gives it back to Reuven and he gets his money back from Shimon. But if Shimon did the weighing, Shimon is a, is a knowing Ganev, all right, then comes along Rav, and Rav says, okay, the Ganav is here, Ruvain deals with Shimon, and he does not go to Levi, and he does not get his stomach from Levi. So you see that even though it is before Yeish, because there's, so Rashi says, Matnas Kahuna is like it's before Yeish, because since it's sort of God demands it somehow, that creates it, gives it more weight, and it's not before Yeish. What might more mean, there's no particular Kohen who, to whom it deserves, who has a right to it. So since, you know, you could give it to any Kohen, so there's no particular Kohen to do Yeish for it. But for whatever reason, the Gemara assumes that this is like before Yeish. So you see, it's before Yeish, and even so, Rav says, you don't go and get the object back. You don't get the stomach from Levi. You deal with the Ganev. Okay, so that shows you that they really, it's not that they all agree before Yeush, you get your object back. So let's see how the Gemara responds to this. Um, so the Gemara says, Ema aftin im hatabach. Okay, when Rav here says that Reuven can go to the butcher and get at, you know and get it back, the butcher who uh, who sold it to you know Shimon the butcher who sold it to Levi, he means if he wants to, he can go to the butcher. Obviously, he can go to Levi because the stomach is still in Levi's hands. But if he wants to, he can also go to the butcher. Why would I have thought otherwise? No, detema. I might have thought ein matnaskuna nigzalot that you never since it, 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 there's not a concept of stealing. Probably again because you could give it to anyone. So we don't say that when Shimon weighed it out and gave it to, to Levi, even though he charged for it and he pocketed it. You know, maybe he sort of stole from Levi by overcharging him. But there's no act of stealing on this stuff. This stuff has to be given to a kohen. It doesn't yet belong to a kohen. So I might have thought that the butcher is not considered to be to have done a gzela to it, and therefore, you you know, you wouldn't be able to, to get it from the butcher. You could only get the original object back. Kamash Milan, that you can get it from the butcher. Okay, so here we had a case where it sounded like you only, that even when the object still was before Yeush, you had to deal with the Ganev, and we're saying, no, that meant that you can even deal with the Ganev, but not that you had to deal with the Ganev. So now the Gemara says, Okay, but Abaye clearly had a different read. So now we're dealing with, we're dealing with the claim of, the, of this debate of Reb Chia, of, of Rav and Reb Yochanan. We're saying that everybody agrees. Before Yehush, you get your object back, you deal with Levi, 
um, after Yehoshikinta, you're object back, you deal with the Ganav, you deal with Shimon. But Abaye was saying, no, 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 I think they actually debated. I think that there's an opinion that says that even before Yehosh, like this case with the Matnas Kahuna and the, and the Butcher, even before Yehosh, you can only go to the Ganav and you cannot go to the purchaser. So the Gemara is going to say, well, if that's true, what's that based on? Well, Abaye, Damar Pligi, B'may Pligi, what do they debate? But Rav Chizda, they debate Rav Chizda's teaching. Okay, they debate this principle of if somebody steals it and somebody else comes and eats it, whether you can have a claim against the second guy. Once it's already stolen, maybe your only claim is against the Ghana. Once it's out of your control, even though it's before Yeish, your ownership is weak enough that you really cannot make a claim against the second guy who ate it. And now we're actually saying, in parallel, you can't even make a, sec- a claim against the second guy who has it in his possession, which is definitely a bigger chiddish because it's still your object. But okay, that might be the debate, whether actually, even before Yeish, you have a right to get your object back, at least provided that you can go ahead and sue the Ganev, without, and the Ganev is around, without dealing with the whole discussion about the Takana Sashuk. Okay, so right now we have a debate. Either everybody holds you can get your object back as long as the second guy doesn't own it. Um, and the other approach here is no, they actually debate whether you can get your object back before you introduce Takana Sashuk. They debate whether you have a right to get your object back. And that's based even before Yehush, and that's based on whether we agree or disagree with Rav Chista. Okay, now the Gemara says like this. Um, uh, going to be a lot of interpretations of this debate. Rezvid says, Okay, what happened was, what the Yehush happened after Levi purchased it. Um, so they had Yehush in the hands of Levi, not in the hands of the Ganev. This is the debate. One holds, you have to go in the right order. First there's Yehush, then there's Shina Rishus. That's what we've, you know, we, this is an issue that's been come up a lot, right? And once there's Yehush, then somebody else can come and take it and, and possess it. But, the, but if it's the reverse order, he doesn't own it. So since here, Levi got it. There was first Shina Rishus and then Yehush. So Levi doesn't own it. Umar Savar Loshan, the other one holds it doesn't matter, and Levi does own it. And since Levi owns it, therefore you have to go back. So similar to a debate of before Yehosh or after Yehosh, actually that was saying there was no debate. Here we're saying there is a debate, and the debate is the since the Yehosh came after Shin Rishos, if you hold that that's Kona, then you have to go to the Ganev, and if you hold it's not Kona, you can get your object back from the Lokeach. Rav Papa Amar, now Rav Papa says, Beglima Dechuleyama Lopligi Dehadar Lamare. When it comes to the actual garment, everybody agrees the garment goes back to the original owner. Now, that might be because everybody agrees with Rav Chizdor. Maybe he's even saying, irrespective of Rav Chizdor, Rav Chizdor was talking about you were mazik and you sue the second guy. But if you have the actual object around, everybody agrees it goes back to the owner. Okay, so what's this issue about Rishon and Shani? Um, so, the question is whether there's a Takanas Hashuk in the case where the Ganav is known. All right, where you know about Shimon, do you, do you have your, you know, well, let's see how the Gemara reads it. Okay, and the Rishon and Shani are going to change from what we assumed. We assumed Rishon and Shani was Ganav or Lokeach. So let's see, the Gemara will explain what this means. Did they make a Takanas Hashuk when it's Hukar Ganav? Um, okay. Uh, Rav in the name of Rav Chita says that the din of the purchaser 
okay, is, to, is with the first guy, meaning the original owner. Dina de Lokeach, the purchaser, Delishko Zuse excuse me, not the first guy, the, not, the, not, not the owner, the Ganev. Dina de Lokeach, the rule of the, 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 the judgment, the case, the court case, the suing of the Lokeach, Delishko Zuse Miganev, the law so he has to go and try to get his money back from the Ganev, and they did not make a Takana Sashuk. Since Shimon is around, right, if, because the real halacha is that Ruvain should not be paying Levi. It's his object. Why should he pay Levi? That was a Takana Sashuk, okay, in order to protect Levi. But now we could say, you know what? That's only if Levi doesn't have anywhere else to get his money from. But if a Shimon is known and found, and it's known that he's the Ganev, then we didn't make a Takana Sashuk. Let Levi get his money back from Shimon. Right, it's, you know that could still put a uh, you know a, 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 a constraint on like free trade, but it's assumed that he'll get his money back one way or another. So Dina de Lokeach, Dina de Lokeach, Delishko Zuzemi Ganev, about the Shuk, and they did not make it the Ganev Shuk. When when you know who the Ganev is, you don't get paid from the owner; you get paid from the Ganev. You deal with the you, the second one, Dina de Lokeach, Delishko Mibala Bias. I guess he's called the second here because from Levi's perspective, the first person he had dealings with was Shimon, the Ganev. So, therefore, the first opinion is he has to deal with the first guy he had dealings with, the Ganev, and try to get his money back from them once the Ganev is known. And the other one says, no, he actually has a right to go to the second person who gets into the conversation, the original owner, and get his money back from him. And they made up Kanasashok even in this case. Even if he can go running after Shimon, it's not really very fair to uh, to poor Levy who just went to the marketplace and bought something. And therefore, he is entitled, even in this case, to get his money back from Reuven. Okay. They made it to Kanasashok. Now the Gemara says, "V'sava Rav lo asu b'takanas hashuk." Now are you going to tell me Rav holds that they did not make a takanas hashuk? Of course, according to this read, he's saying he has to go to the Ganav when you know who the Ganav is. V'Rav Huna Talmidi the Rav Havi. Rav Huna was a student of Rav. V'Chanan Bisha Ganav Glima, and this person by the name of Chanav Bisha stole a cloak, v'Zavna, and sold it. Exactly our case. For also Kamei de Rav Huna. And we knew exactly who the Ganav was. We even named him. And this case came to Rav Huna. And Amalela, who Gavra, and he said to that person, you know, to the original owner, Shari Avitatach. Go ahead and, you know, free your, um, your collateral. Meaning, uh, you know, an avot is like a, it's, it's like an object given in collateral for a loan. It was a way of saying you can get your object back, but you have to pay the purchaser. So that's a takana shuk. Here the ganav was known, and this is a student of Rav, and the, he's saying that the owner still has to pay the purchaser. So you see they did make a takana shuk. So the Gemara says, no, shani chanabisha, kimdalekli is different. He was a, a like mafioso, and therefore, even though you knew who he was, it was you were no way were you going to be able to bring him to court and get reimbursed. And therefore, since you cannot realistically get your money back from Shimon, you you do have a right to even in that, even somebody who would say that we don't make a Takana Sashuk when Shimon is around. That's only when you realistic, when the Ganav is around, that's only when you realistically can get reimbursed from the Ganav. But if you can't realistically get reimbursed from the Ganav, then yes, they did make a Takana Sashuk and you get reimbursed from Reufein. 
Okay. Uh, okay. Now we're sort of moving beyond the whole question of Hukaraganev and all the five different ways of interpreting that previous debate. And now he is saying that if it was a well-known Ganev, like, you know, okay, it's very nice, we want to protect purchasers and make it people able to buy in a marketplace and not worried about their objects getting claimed to be stolen. But... You know, that's only if you were not buying it off of the back of a truck, right? If you actually were buying it from somebody who you should have suspected was a Ghanav, then we do not want to encourage that activity. We actually want to actively discourage that activity, and therefore we will not make any takanas for shuk in that case, okay? Now, if the guy is a known Ghanav, meaning not that you know this object is stolen, all right, that maybe is it's obvious, but even if it's a known Ghanav, this, you know, you should not be buying from him, and we do not make a takanas for shuk. One minute, the case of Hanabisha, we just said he was this mafioso, right, that you could never be able to sue in court, and it's out, and he, they did it to Kanas Hashuk, okay, because the whole case was what he said, pay the money and get your object. Um, so the Gemara says, no. It's known that he's a bad guy, you know, maybe he's a violent person, but nobody ever, you know, wasn't known that he's actually a Ganev. So there was no particular reason to suspect that he was a Ganev, which, again, raises interesting questions of when do we say you should have known. All right. Um, now the Gemara says like this. Um, Itmar was taught. Okay, let's say Ruvain uh, will have the same players. Shimon stole it for Ruvain, and then he used it to pay off a debt that he owed Levi. Levi didn't purchase it in the marketplace. He already loaned Levi $100, and he used the stolen object to pay it to Levi. Or he had a tab, that's what Hekefo is, and he used it to pay Levi. In that case, when Ruvain comes along, he gets his object back from Levi, and Levi does not get to get $100 from Ruvain. They did not make it to Kanas Shuk in that case. Why? Dami, lava um, Okay, because you did not actually shell out any money in order to get the object. You had shelled out the money before, and then this object was given to you in payment. So Ruvain is going to take back his money, and then it's going to take back his object, then it's going to be the way it always was, was that, you know, Shimon is still going to owe you $100. All right, we don't have to protect you. You didn't shell out money for the sake of this object. Mashkanta. Now, let's say what happens is, is that, um, you, you know, you are shelling out money, that Shimon gives it to Levi as collateral for a loan, and Levi lends him $100, okay? And he gives it as collateral. So it's Shavi Masan Bimeya. So if um, the object was worth 200 and uh, and Levi lends Shimon $100, that's normally what you do, right? Your collateral is worth more than the loan because you're going to have to now take possession of it and sell it and whatever. So that's the standard thing to do. So that's evidence that you clearly lent him the money because of this object. So in that type of a case, um, where are we? Um, there, then Levi can go ahead and get his money back from, from Ruven because they wanted to protect him because he laid out money for an object that turned out to be stolen. However, if he, the collateral was 100 and the loan was 100, so they didn't make it the because 
it's more that you really trusted Shimon because, you know, you, would, you didn't totally lend him the money based on the collateral. Then you would have demanded, a, you know, a, 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 a collateral worth more. They did do a takanasashuk. Okay, and in the parentheses, of, there's a version that says they did do a takanasashuk. That's actually what we're going to say in the end. Anyway, okay, so, but that's that debate because in the end you did lend money because of the collateral. Zavni shava b'shava. Now, let's say you um, you know you um, purchased it as for its uh, going price, which is normally what the case would be. So that's also botukanasashuk. That's so if Levi purchases it from Shimon, that's obvious. That's the standard case. Shava mei Let's say, however, Levi gave two hundred dollars to Shimon for this hundred dollar object. So Rav Sheisha Samar lo asubotukanasashuk. They didn't make it to kanasashuk. Okay, the way Rashi explains it. Now you could have said maybe you can't collect your full two hundred from from Reuven. You can only collect. Hundred, but Rashi says that he didn't do any takanasashuk because since you're so grossly overpaying, clearly you just wanted to give like you know Shimon the money as a gift, you know, and you're just finding an excuse like when you buy you know a candy bar on the subway from 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 person you know um, who's homeless and you give him five dollars. Okay, you clearly just wanted to give him the money, so there's no takanasashuk. Um, so that's what he says. Um, uh, they did make a shuk, and Rashi actually says that that means you can even get back your full $200. Obviously, if Reuven doesn't want to pay $200 for the object, he doesn't have to. Um, and halacha is in all these cases that we have debated, we did make a shuk. We want to, we're going to incline towards protecting the, the purchaser. Um, the one case not was the case where it wasn't debated. Where, where, you know, the Gemara said it's obvious that if you first lent the money and then afterwards the guy paid up with this object, so the money you shelled out unrelated to the object, so then Reuven takes his object back and now you're back to having, uh, you know, have Shimon owing you $100. All right. So that is a whole range of cases about Takanas Shishok. Now we're going to have a couple more cases, actual real cases, um, not just theoretical. Avimi bar Nazi, this person by the name of Avimi, the son of Nazi, Chamud de Ravina, the father-in-law of Ravina, Havi Masik Bahu Gavra Arba Zuze. So he had lent to a certain man four, four zoos. Okay, let's call it $400. Um, Gun of Glima. Now this man um, stole a cloak. Asya um, And so he gave it so to... Um, you know, he gave it to this uh, Avimi Barnazi. He paid. He 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 gave him this cloak to pay off his debt. Osfe um, So then, this now that now that the debt was paid off, Avimi, you know, Barnazi uh, lent him another four zoos. Achrini. Okay. Lusof Hukar Ganev, and then the Ganev was discovered. And now we're question of Takanas Shuk. Is this a case of Ganavu Par Bechovo? Because the, well, we'll see. The original debt was paid off, so that was a Ganavu Par Bechovo, but then more money was lent. All right, so maybe he's maybe the, he's lending the money because he got the object, and then he shelled out money because of the object. So maybe we would make it a Takanas Shuk. So let's take a look. Um, Came to Ravina. Ravina said, 
the first giving of the cloak, you know, you know, for payment of the debt, that was a case of somebody who stole and used it to pay off a pre-existing debt. So in that type of a case, if it had just been that case, the owner would take it back from um, this Avimi person and, um, and wouldn't have to pay Avimi anything because Avimi didn't shell out the money because of this cloak. Okay, well, it wouldn't have to give him anything. But Hanukkah Bezuzi Achrini, but as he says, as far as the next four Zuz that Avimi lent, so he says, you have to, the Rifskirsa actually is not, is Havzuzach. For that, you have to pay the money if you want to take your cloak. Now, why? It's not exactly explained, but it seems like what he's saying is, it is because you, you actually, you know, gained my trust by paying back your first loan, that I am willing to lend you now money again. So the second loan actually was because of the cloak that I got. And I never would have lent it had I not got the cloak. So because I shelled out the money for that, therefore, they did do a Takana Sashuk. That's what he says. Um... Where are we? Vadaglimi. Maskiv la Rav Cohen. Rav Cohen challenged this. Vadilma glimi bahana zuze kamai hivni hale. Ganavapar bechavo, ganavapar bechavo. So, as you said, the first, you know, four zuz was paid with this cloak. And that was a case of paying a pre existing debt. So, you have no claim based on that. Um, and then. Uh, uh, maybe it was not because the first debt was paid off. Maybe Levi just trusts Shimon, even, you know, and it had nothing to do with receiving the cloak. The same way he trusted Shimon for the first forces, he trusts him for the second forces. Why should we assume that the second loan was somehow dependent on, you know, the, the fact that the cloak was given in payment for the first loan? Um, uh, milsa. So the matter like rolled around, meaning the case was debated and discussed. came to Amen. said We rule like Rev Cohen that actually this is a case of Ganapara. This is this is a case where we treat the second loan as independent of the first, and therefore we only look at this case as as a case of Ganapara Bechovo or Behekefo, and therefore he has to give the cloak back and cannot get any money from the original owner. Okay, one more case. Narsha, um, gun of Safra. Okay, this person from Narsha stole a sefer. Zavne le Papuna. He sold it to a person from Papuna. A betamnin zuze for $80. Okay. Aza Papuna, this person went. Zavne le Bar Mechuzah, and he sent it to somebody from the city of Mechuzah. Bimeyav Esrin, he made a good profit for 120 Luso Fukar Ganev, then the Ganev was discovered. So this is a case, actually, where there's two lokeachs. There's a Levi and a Yehuda. All right, so now, and so let's take a look. Amar Abayi, said Abayi, we won't use Levi and Yudah, we'll actually use the names here. Lezel Mari de Safra, let the owner go, and give the final purchaser 80, all right, because that was the money that was paid when it was taken from the Ganev, you know, it was it was $80 that was paid, even though this guy bought it for for 120. So let the owner get it and pay back the original 80. Um uh get back his book, and now let the second purchaser, the guy from Mahusa, 
get back the forty dollars he overpaid. You know, maybe it was a premium because he whatever. You know, it was a, he. It, it, this guy bought wholesale, sold retail, but maybe it was an overpaid. But it doesn't matter. Okay, he's going to get back. The, the owner pays the eighty, which is what it was originally sold for, and the second purchaser has to get his forty dollars, the difference back from the person who made the forty dollars profit. All right, because nobody deserves. To, he doesn't deserve to profit off of stolen goods. Maskiv la rava, rava challenges. Rabbi said, listen, we're dealing here with a question about, you know, making certain societal laws in order to encourage business. So let's think about it from a policy perspective. If you want to protect the first purchaser to get back the full amount of money he paid, even if he overpaid, remember we said before, even if he overpaid, you know, you, he can get back his money from the owner, then we should protect certainly the second purchaser who had no reason to think that it was stolen. And therefore, he should be entitled to get back the money that he paid um, directly without having to schlep after two people. Okay, so the Ella Amar Bayes, Ella Amar Ravis, rather Ravis says, let the owner go and he has to give the person who has his book 120 what that guy paid for it make that guy whole get your book back and now you can want to get reimbursed so what are you going to do you're going to get 40 from this Papuna guy who made the 40 profit and 80 from Narsha who was your original Ganav all right, and that is the way we paskin. Right, let's just get a little bit onto the next page. This has been a very long doth, um, and we'll get a little bit on um, onto uh, to, 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 to turn this. Um, we won't finish this doth today. Now, one guy was coming, uh, walking down the street carrying a barrel of wine, and the other guy a barrel of honey, and honey is much more expensive per volume than wine. So the barrel, the guy with the honey barrel, the barrel's cracking, and his honey was spilling and going to waste. So the guy with the wine spilled out his wine and saved the other guy's honey because that gave him an empty barrel to save the other guy's honey. Okay, so it says, um, um, he only is entitled to getting, um, to getting, you know, his, uh, the, the fee for service. He cannot get reimbursed for the lost wine. Nobody asked him to do it. You know, you thank you very much. How much does it cost to hire somebody to save your wine? X amount. You know, why should I pay you for the spilling? I didn't ask you to do it. But if they stipulated and said, I will save yours if you agree to pay for mine, then right? I was, excuse me, I read that wrong. I will, I will save yours if you will pay me for, I will save your honey if you pay me for the cost of my wine. And he agreed, then you have to pay, all right? So obviously, I going to say, say, or whatever. But if you stipulate, then, then you can get paid for the losses, you know, you, you incurred. But if you don't stipulate, since you, I didn't ask you to do it, you don't have a right to demand for me to pay you for the wine. Similarly, if a, you know, a, a, like a, a, a wadi, like, you know, was uh, like a river came, you know, in a wadi and it swept away, you were walking in the wadi and there was a flash flood or whatever, and it swept away your donkey and the donkey of your friend. Yours is worth a hundred, his is worth two hundred. And you could, you could save one of them. And you abandoned yours. And you went ahead and you saved your friend's donkey because it was worth more. So you can demand how 
much it would normally cost to hire somebody to go and jump into a river and save a donkey, but you cannot demand the fact that you sacrificed your donkey to get it, because again, the guy never asked you to do that. But if the guy said, if I go ahead and save wars, will you pay me back for mine? Then the, and he agreed to it, then the luck is high of leaping low, he has to give it to him, because that's what they stipulated. Okay, so the second part that they stipulated is not such a chiddish, but the first part that you're not entitled is, I think, a little chiddish, because the guy in the end did you a tova, and you would think you would want to, you know, help him out there. But nevertheless, uh, since you didn't ask him for it, he has no right to demand it. Okay, so let's take a look a little bit at the Gemara. Um, so the Gemara says, why, um, why is the guy who spilled the wine um, not entitled to being reimbursed from the wine? Actually, says the Gemara, he's entitled to much more. He's entitled to keep all the honey himself. This guy's honey was about to spill out and go to waste. That made it, at that moment, when nobody else was around to save it, that made it ownerless, something that was is the phrase in the Gemara, going to waste. And therefore, when the guy spilled out his wine to get it, he should be considered, you know, ha- having taken possession of the honey from Hefter. It was ownerless at that time. Milo Tanya, do we not teach in a brisa? If somebody was carrying barrels of, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, jugs of wine and jugs of oil and saw that they were uh, breaking um, and it was about to spill, don't say, oh my God, I'm about to lose this, uh, you know, this wine and this oil. Oh wait, I have a way that it will actually uh, not hurt me. Um, I'm, I have to take Trumas Meiser, one-tenth from Meiser. If the person was a Levine, it would go to a Kohen. I still have to take Trumas Meiser from my wine or oil in my house. So let me say, this jug of, of wine that's about to break and go to waste is, you know, is Trumas Meiser on nine other jugs of wine in my house. House, and this jug of oil and nine other jugs of oil. And therefore, oh, Nebuch, you know, like the go ahead and it's spilled. So Cohen doesn't get it, but I now don't have to give it from my other stuff. I saved my money. It's like a joke, right? Guy comes, you know, people are sitting on a subway and guy comes and, you know, and, and like uh, sticks them up, says, give me your money. So one turns to the other and says, oh, you know what? By the way, here's the $20 I owe you. Okay, so that's what it's saying. Why can't you go? So you, so that's what you want to do. You want to sort of not have to suffer the loss by making at the Kohen's loss. It says, you're not allowed to do that. And more than that, not only should you not do that, it doesn't take effect. Why doesn't it take effect? Because at that moment, you don't own them. It's considered ownerless. So the evidence here is not that just it's not fair to the Kohen, but the evidence here is, is that it is ownerless and therefore it does not take effect. So the Gemara says, Kedama Reb Yirmiya, no. It's like Reb Yirmiya says in another case similar that we're going to deal with, that when you have this type of a net that you use in pressing wine wrapped around the barrel. So what it means is the barrel was cracking um, and some of the wine was going to get lost, but it wasn't all spilling out at once. And therefore, since the wine was like dripping and it was ever, maybe you would have somehow managed to save it or, you know, save some of it. It wasn't like it was all spilling. In that case, we don't say it becomes Hefker. Okay, so that's how that's so that's the case over there, and it's not Hefker. So since that's what he says about, um, so that's what he says in. Excuse me. He doesn't say in this case. In the case of the Trumas Maser, it is all spilling, and that's why it won't work. 
But Rabbi Yirmiya says in another similar case, if it's got some net around the barrel and it's only dripping and not spilling and it's not all about to spill out, it would not be hefker. And similarly, in our Mishnah, by the honey, it's not hefker. Okay, so the Gemara says, why is the honey not hefker? And don't we see in this case when a barrel is breaking and spilling out, it all becomes hefker? And it says we're talking about a case where it's not all breaking, it's not breaking and all spilling out at once, and therefore it's not hefker, and therefore um, the guy has to give the honey back and he can get only his fee. All right. So now the Gemara says like this. Uh, okay, so the says, um, now, is this really true, says the Gemara? So now we, we've given this answer because from this case about the Trumas Maser, we, we're showing that when something is breaking and spilling out, it's ownerless and it, it doesn't take effect if you try to do Trumas Maser on it or anything else. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to question that statement. Is that really true that when something is spilling out all at once, it's like it's ownerless and it wouldn't work for Tumas Maisa or similar things? The Hatanya, didn't we teach in a brace? Amisha Babaderech, Umaus Biado. Somebody is going on the way and he's got money. The Anas Kenegdo, and a robber highwayman comes and sticks him up. Lo Yomar, Harei Peres Sheshibtok Basi Mukhulalalamalosalalu. He shouldn't say the food I have in my house, let's say Maisa Shani, should now be transferred to this money. You know, and that way, again, Again, he saves the fruit in his home, you know, and maybe the money he would have had to bring up to Ushalayim. So, okay, he loses something from it, but it's a lot less of a loss. And now it's the Ghanav's problem to have this Meister Shani money. Don't say that. Vim um, Amar, but if he said it, it works. Okay, so says, oh, look, this looks like an exact case. Something is about to be completely lost. And in the case before, we said that it, um, you know, that it, it was ownerless. And, uh, and in this case, it seems like it works. Now, you could have made a difference. In the case before, it was going to get spilled and destroyed. In this case, somebody is stealing it. You know, maybe you can now, you know, sue him and get it back or something. But the Gemara is not going to make that distinction. Why here does that work? Didn't we say there's something is about to be lost, it becomes ownerless? Um, presumably, again, the case of an anas is not just a normal ganav, right? Because all the cases we've been dealing, Ganev and Gazela, we don't say it's ownerless. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a case where it's like a highway bandit and you're never going to get it back. Okay. Um, so, oh, so that's fine. Similar to the answer about the, the, the net wrapped around it. Yes, there's a highwayman there, but, you know, you're, you're, you would be, if you, you know, you could run away and you could actually save yourself from having, you know, it might be that you can get out of it. And since it might be that you can get out of it, therefore, it's enough you own it that it actually will work. So the Gemara says, if it's possible that you can save yourself from, from having to give the guy the money, you can run away or something like that. Why shouldn't you then go ahead and, and do it, transfer it? It's still your, you know, your money and, uh, and whatever. And then if the Ghanav gets it, then it's his Meister Shani money. But you're not hurting Meister Shani because it's totally your, your money. So the Gemara says, No. It's only through a lot of effort would you be able to steal it, to, to save it. So therefore, we are, so therefore, you know, we don't assume you're going to save it because maybe you're not going to go through that effort, especially once you've made it into Meister Shani, you're not going to go into that effort. Now you have even less of a motivation to do it, all right? But because it is maybe possible 
to save it, maybe save it from giving, or maybe lahatzil here means after he takes it, it you could actually maybe find the, the, the ganav or the gazan and get it back. So in a case like that, where it actually would be, you know, uh, possible, it's similar to the case of the netting around the barrel. Um, and therefore, it's not ownerless. You might be able to get it back. It's not going to all get definitely destroyed. And therefore, um, you, um, it will work if you do it, but you shouldn't do it. All right, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, the Now, the next line, actually, Tosos takes out, um, and we're, I'm going to take it out just because the next Gemara is much easier to read without it. The, the, the line is, This line is questioning this idea that when, you know, there's going to be a loss, is that really true? Like, it might not totally get lost, but lechatchila, you shouldn't do it. And is that really true? This difference of like lechatchila and bidyeved, right? That that um, that that you shouldn't do it lechatchila if there might be a loss. But let's not read it with that line. It makes the whole next gemara con- that that's what's being questioned. The easier read of the gemara is that it's saying: Is this really true? That if something is about to get lost, that it doesn't take effect? What have we said now? We said in our mishnah. Well, we started with this case about breaking barrels, don't take Trumas Maser, and that was, ev- and it, did, it won't work, and that was evidence that if stuff is about to spill and get lost, then it's no ownerless. So how do you explain our Mishnah? Okay, there's some netting around it, it's not all spilling at once. How do you explain the case about the money and the bandit? Also, you might be able to go ahead and to get the money back from the bandit, and therefore, in that case, it's it's still owned by you. But when it's but but when it's completely going to a loss, um, then it's ownerless. So the Gemara is going to question if that's really true. Okay, let's take a look. Vatanya, but then we learn in a brayta. If you had ten barrels, shall tevel tome of of tevel. And you saw one of them that broke, or it was exposed. And you know when things get exposed and liquids get exposed or whatever, they're ushered to eat afterwards if they because uh, uh, because of a concern of snakes. That's a whole discussion we won't get into. Well, a little bit anyway. Omer harei and you sort of said, like before, you said, okay, this is about to, this is breaking, it's all about to be destroyed. I'm going to take this Trumas Meiser on nine other equivalent ones, just like the case before. Um, where were we? Um, you can actually say it, says the Mishnah. You're allowed to say that, okay? Um, you can say, now the reason is, is because it is Tamei. And because it is Tamei, that's the key difference why we allow you to do it l'chatchila. Since it's Tamei, you know, a Kohen is not allowed to use Trumetmeya. The only thing he might be able to use the wine for is like, you know, you can get Hana from it. You can't eat it. It's like an air freshener. Okay? But the benefit is actually very, very small. So since the Kohen is not really losing out so much, well, go ahead and do it. Okay? He really couldn't have used it anyway. It's Tamei. But don't do that by Tamei oil. Because what a coin can do with oil is he can use what he would use oil for a lot. He can use it for lighting. Okay, so even though he can't eat it, that the coin really would lose out on. What do you see from this? You see that the only concern is whether the coin is going to lose out from the fact that this is going to waste. But what is not a concern, and it's only a lechatchila. In the case of wine, you can do it lechatchila. In the case of oil, you can't do it lechatchila. But it is because of a concern for the Kohen. But everybody agrees that it actually does take effect. 
Why does that take effect? Isn't it all going to waste? How do you deal with that? Okay, so the Gemara says, I'm a Rebbe Yirmiyah. This is where Yirmiyah said his statement. Here we're talking about the netting of the, of the you know, from the, from, the, from the wine presses wrapped around it, and therefore it's not all going to waste. Okay, so we have the case where it is spilling and going to waste trumasmaser, the wine and the oil, and we say it's ownerless, it doesn't take effect. So if that's true, why by our Mishnah does the guy still own his honey? Because it's, it's dripping, but it's not cracking and all falling apart. In this case here, this case of Trumas Maser, that's Tame. Why does it work B'dyeved? And why is the only concern the loss of the Kohen? But why does it work B'dyeved? Similarly, it's being wrapped in this netting and it is not all falling apart. Okay, so we will, I think we will end here um, and uh, pick up on this tomorrow.